post-Thanksgiving, joined by Steve Fezzik. Fez. 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 You believe that crap? Fez. Hey, Fez. Hello. All right, so he's a little logy. No, he's feeling good. We went long on the recap pod. Not the recap, but the market pod. And you know what? We had about 20, 25 minutes of great talk that we're popping at the end of this one. So we're going to have a nice, brisk, brisk pace for this one. And then you got a little bonus at the end. What do we do in this one? Well, we say, let's look at the games and figure out what happened. So now we can figure out what's going to happen next. You can't know what's going to happen next, Fez, if you don't know what happened. Like, imagine you were watching Falcon Crest back in the day. If you didn't know Never what happened, it. if you didn't know what happened last week, you wouldn't be able to predict what would happen next. I think you could watch the Brady Bunch every week, and there was- except when they threw that uh, cousin Oliver curveball. That was that was a hail mary. Yeah, <laughs> didn't work. Well, when they had the time when they had Alice and the butcher, they got into a domestic violence, and the cops were called, and they were. It was it was uh, they didn't Sam. Actually, they didn't air it. Yeah. yeah. And he, he said, you want me to take your hand off, woman? You know, it was very uncomfortable. Mm, I was unaware. It was it was kind of what the inspiration on The Sopranos when Mr. Satriali got his, his pinky cut off by Tony's dad. Take your word for it. <laughs> let's get straight to it. First, though, let's do a line or two, and that's it, a sentence or two about each of these Thursday games. It's been a while now. Detroit, Buffalo. Fez, this one's interesting. Um... All the projection models we use, or I guess algorithm type, like what happened with the underlying stats, say Buffalo with a really close win. One point, Kevin Cole, Football Outsider, said less than one point. But if you look at the stats projections, it says Buffalo by nine, by nine. Where did you see the game? Buffalo should have won by four points. I, I thought the final was accurate. Um I down- by three. I downgraded Buffalo a half. I upgraded Detroit by a half. Now I was cautious. I didn't want to do more of an adjustment because, it, as you you're aware, really terrible spot for Buffalo going to Detroit, mm-hmm. back to Buffalo, back to Detroit, and they so, played poorly so to start the game. If a team game. wins the game, how do you how much do you downgrade? You said you downgraded them how much? Yeah, half a point. They were laying nine and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. ten, nine half to ten. They and they struggled to win. I got to downgrade them unless there's some extenuating circumstances, and there you. aren't. Yeah. Well, there was extenuating, well, but yeah. just not enough. Is what you're yes. Saying. All right, so what I would say is um, the stats, much more to Buffalo. The actual game script, the way the game was played, more of an even game. You downgraded Buffalo. Dallas Giants. Now, this is one. We break out the garbage time, and this was six points of advantage for the Giants during garbage time. So if you ignore garbage time, Dallas dominated this game, but once again, uh, the Giants made it seem closer with their garbage time play. Uh, the average here, Dallas, that's interesting. Uh, Football Outsiders only had Dallas winning by a half a point, a half a point. Kevin Cole says five. Huh. What did you have on this one? Yeah, the, the final score was 28 to 13. There's a minute left. The game's over. The Giants can't win. You know, their chance of winning is less than 1%. And then 
the Giants haven't moved the ball all game long. Yeah, get, so they scored 28-20. Right. right. And, and the classic example where the, the, the Zebras— so this is a one-score This is a one score result? <laughs> yes, where the Zebras—I'd give the score to the Zebras where they're like, you know, here comes the personal foul roughing the quarterback, which they always seem to call when a team's down 15. Because they, they, can nev- make, they can try to make a statement without it affecting the game. Exactly. But if, it's, if, if it was 28-21, then that call doesn't get made. And so all of a sudden the Giants have just enough time. I think they score like eight seconds left. That's fine. Yeah, we got it. It's garbage. So here's the thing, though. You can say that, but everyone next year, when they say, how did the Giants do in one-score games? How did Dallas do in one-score games? This is an eight-point game. It's a one-score game. That's why they should look at your fourth-quarter win shares to see Our what's fourth, competitive. I'm happy you said that. 99 <laughs> to 1. Did I step on it? <laughs> no, no, no. 99 to 1. 99% Dallas is going to win this one-score game. Yes. Mm. It goes to show you, fourth quarter win share, thumbs up, like the Fonz, hey, one score games. Ooh, I, what did the Fonz do when he didn't like something? He'd yeah, go, you're right. No, he'd kind of make it, he'd make it more like, oh, and he'd have his thumb going down when he was doing it. Didn't remember? Gladiator kind of steal from that when they were like. Well, Gladiator was from the, like, uh, the Roman time. So that was no, before the movie, the Fonz. The movie Gladiator. It was before the Fonz. Yeah, but when he puts the thumb down or up for whether he think the Gladiator's going to live. Guys, 1950 Milwaukee came <laughs> after you're, the Roman true. Empire. That's true. I, I know you. I know you focused on the math, but come on. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes <laughs> the blade sticks in the in the frost. You're right. Hey. <laughs> All right. So, one more game: Minnesota, New England. Now, this one was a surprising uh, kind of aftermath because if you look at the stats, our algorithm says New England should have won by almost a touchdown. Wow, but they only had a 15 percent fourth quarter win share. Solve it for us, Fess. What happened? A lot of yards for New England, like you said, over 400. A lot of ball control for the Vikings, six more first downs. Do you attribute some of the some oh, of the Is Patri- that ball control or is that not being explosive? Both. All right, because if you yeah. have an 85-yard run on first down, that's one first down. You yes. The, so, I, I mean, in general, what did Minnesota do better except on the scoreboard? They had longer drives. That's that's it. So, bottom line is Minnesota wins by seven as a three point favorite. I don't upgrade them at all. I even considered downgrading my left both teams where they are. That would have been perfect, right? You win as, by a touchdown, and it's a team no one seems to like. So you could have downgraded them for it, even though they were only mm. nine three. That would have been fair. Yeah. Did you really consider downgrading? Yes, them? but the, but. You know what? I got Minnesota so low already. I mean, how can I downgrade this team that's like, I've got, what do I have, Minnesota? Number 13. Yeah, they got two losses, but they're my 13th best team. I think you should have stuck, stick to the bit, is what they say. Stick to, stick to the bit. Your bit is somehow it doesn't matter what Minnesota does, they're no good. So have them beat Bel- genius Belichick. And I'll be short- right half the time. Well, probably. Well, you'd be right uh, a very small percentage of the time so far, but or not this game. game. Yeah. All right, let's continue and go to the Sunday action. But I would say this, these Thursday games, don't let them sift or slip through the cracks because it really was like, I think in each of these games, you could have had an opinion different than what our conclusion was. You could have eased, and in fact, I, let's just go over this one more time. I think you could have said Buffalo dominated the stats, hmm. tight game at the end, but that was fluky. They won. All right. Or you could say, damn, Detroit almost won that game. I think both of those are valid I agree. perspectives. I think on Dallas the Giants, you could say, hey, Dallas dominated him. 99 is not high enough. Or I think you could make the case, because this is the case being made by football outsiders, this was a 24-24 game in their mind. 
24-24, half-point win for Dallas. I think that one's a little more of a stretch. But still, if you look at our margin on our stats margin, it says only Dallas by five and a half points. So the fact Dallas won by eight and that took a late score, Giants are a lot closer by really every – I mean, you're saying the score should have been 15 – and I'm saying by every metric, it was less than 15. Yeah, I think the 15 is too simplistic. I think 11. All right, but Dallas even, by 11. But what I'm saying is yeah. our stats say six. Mm-hmm. And, and, and our stats, if you actually don't take out garbage time, say Dallas by one. Interesting. It's, Dal- kind, it's fat. Oh, go ahead. Dallas minus two in turnovers, by the way. It's fascinating. Football Outsiders had it 24-24 with Dallas winning by half a point. So mm. 24 to 24 and a half. We had it tw- before garbage time removal, 26-25. So, I mean, it really, the stats line up that way pretty much. But then garbage time is a six-point difference, and that's how you get to we got Dallas winning by six. A lot of people don't take out garbage time, Feds. We'd go that extra mile. And finally, you look at New England, Minnesota. We already talked about it. On one hand, only a 15% chance to win for New England. Oh, God, they weren't in the game. On the other hand, Feds was going to downgrade Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> now, on to Sunday. I'm, I'm torn here. Because I wanted to put Baltimore-Jacksonville last to kind of rebel against that these are the two quarterbacks that there's more excuses made for. I've never heard a quarterback that get more excuses than Lamar Jackson. No matter what happens, Lamar did something heroic to score eight points or something. Mm. And I've never seen a political issue with him supposedly not being good enough at a quarterback. It's it's like five years later. Can we just grade him on how good he is? Mm. How good is Lamar Jackson? He's an average quarterback now. Well, I mean... Wait a minute, let me see where I've got At least I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that from anyone before. Let me see. Oh, you know what? That's interesting, because I just threw that out. Yeah. This is like the first time this has ever happened. My quarterback rankings have him seventh, even though I just said he's an average quarterback. So one and a half points better than so maybe you're I'm biased. Like the, you're acting like the quarterback rankings are like somehow like some algorithm that they finally spit out after calculating. It's like you could just make him number twenty right now. Yeah, I could do whatever I want. I mean, so, I, so what, why do you think it is? Isn't it interesting when your instincts are to answer without contemplation of what the politically correct thing is to say? You say average, but then when you look at the numbers, they say seven. This is like the perfect example of the phenomenon I'm talking about. Yeah, because everyone has him like a top five quarterback, and I just like and I just haven't lowered him enough. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, I've got two eighth, two is better. You know, I got Carr and Cousins ninth and tenth. They're playing better. He should be I think like, Cousins for sure, but he should be tenth. I think Lamar is a very complicated situation. If you had a bad team and you needed one guy to carry the offense, he might be a top three or four quarterback. I mean, I think Josh Allen for that team. Yeah, for that, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking. Because that's Tom Brady will just get his butt kicked if he can't block for him. You know, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that if you if you needed a quarterback to bridge you to like uh, having a really good team around the quarterback, he's probably right at the top. Yes. Now, a quarterback to win you a Super Bowl, I'm not sure he's not in the 20s mm. because I don't believe he can throw from behind. I don't see any indication that he can consistently throw from behind, which you have to do to win a Super Bowl. Now, let me ask you, I agree with you, but if the, it's the defense that keeps giving up the double-digit leads, right? I mean, Well, how many points are they scoring during that, that time? Because at some point, if you have a double-digit lead and you keep scoring, they can't catch that's, you. That's, you're right. And it and, and seems like Baltimore fails in the fourth quarter on these highly leveraged fourth and ones all the time when they've got these 10-point leads. And yes. one of my theories is that 
as a team gets more familiar with Lamar during the game, it becomes harder for his uniqueness to dominate. Now, this is really strong because most of the time the defense gets tired and the offense gets may not have an edge in the first quarter, but they do later. With a quarterback that's so mobile, a tired defense sounds like a nightmare. Even bigger, like a rushing team, just just like how many times do you see like the Niners just grinding away on on people in the second half, you know? And and yeah, so you would think that that would Baltimore could do that, but the opposite's true. Yeah, Baltimore's number two in our fourth quarter win share, and they're number what on you in your ranking six? You said yes. So I don't know. I I think it's getting past a coincidence that they are giving up all these leads, it feels like. I agree. I'm not exactly sure the cause of it. Now, Trevor Lawrence had a really good game. Let's give him credit. Though, the fourth quarter win share here was Jacksonville at 24%. That's the second lowest for a team that won the game this season. Can that be right? Yeah. Cleveland... There should have been someone that had a miracle win, right? Well, no? the Jets against Cleveland was the only. So one. there's been no miracle wins this year. Well, like, other than the Jets against Cleveland, which what were they, what were what were was it like two percent that they won? No, God, what was the number there? Their fourth quarter win share was seventeen percent for the Jets. It, oh, they must have scored with like. They, but, they but were he, down their low point was like less than one percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is this? It's going to be very. Remember, the fourth quarter win share. If a team wins by definition, is going to have multiple minutes. I guess, let's just say this. You can't score more than one score at the very end of a game. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be within eight with a couple minutes left, or what? You know, I guess you could score twice in the last two minutes. But Which let's the, say even if you're driving, the Jets did let's that. say you're down fourteen and you're driving, right? And there's three minutes left and you're on the other team's thirty. You're down fourteen, but still your expected points on that drive is going to be significant, maybe four points or whatever. And then you got to get the ball back and do it again. But you're still going to once you score, the the odds are going to move. So it's like you know. Eight, maybe it's going to be twenty five percent chance to win the game. So by definition, and we wait the later scoring. We, mm-hmm. you know, so the way we do it is the first five minutes of the fourth quarter is a one way, the second five minutes is a two way, and the final five minutes is a four way. So it's one, two, four. Because if you're leading, if you have a ninety percent chance to win with three minutes left, it means a lot more to me than fourteen minutes. Sure. So in a way, it lends itself to the team that's supposed to win wins. And it does go to show you how amazing Philly has been because it's almost no hard, hard to get past the number Philly is. But again, this extreme upset, or at least unlikely event at the end of the game, because it was only four well, points. I'm going to make a bold statement yeah. that, that that four of the 20 biggest um, win shares blown are Baltimore games. Correct. Four of the top 18. Well, he's got a good number on his fingertips there. All right. So of the top 18 unlikely wins, four of them. Against Baltimore. And it should be a half. And so, it's four. It's eight times greater than expected. So Baltimore's worst game was what win share, McKenzie? Meaning their lowest one. Because it sounds like they only lost four games. Yeah. Unless maybe they won a game that had a worse win share, which could be. Mm. And with some, all right. So, but that's just their losses, right? So they're yeah, 59.1% lo- for their losses. On average, 59.1%. All right. So in the games that they lost. No, that was their lowest win. All right, so what you're saying is all their wins were above that. Yes. So they had no game in which they didn't have a 59% chance to win in the fourth quarter. Yes. All right. And still they're number two behind Philly. Could be undefeated. So what I'm saying is Philly's dominance this year has been a shocker. 
Now, what do we do with Baltimore? Do we think they're the second-best team that should have two losses and only two losses, or do we think this team can't win in the fourth? They're average. Both. No, you can't be both. <laughs> you can't take the middle of all these arguments. It can't be. Yeah, Normally, I'm pro-life, all right. but I'm, I'm, I'm also, you know, come on. Normally, we'd say it's an aberration. That's so boring. All right, you're right. I'm going to take a stance. Normally, we'd say it's an aberration, but I think you outlined it. There's fundamental reasons why the Baltimore offense is not as good as it should be in the fourth quarter, and clearly the defense is It's predictive that they keep collapsing. Now, what makes this even more intriguing, why I think the right answer is in the middle, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that the EPA on Baltimore is not that great. Hmm. So if you just look at them per play, it's surprising they've been so in such good situations in the fourth quarter. Mm. But then the fact they lose those situations so much has been surprising. And and yeah, look no further than this game. They just they're they're down um by less than a field goal. They just need to go down on the one yard line. Game's over. Take three knees, take the kick the winning game winning field goal. No time left on the clock. But they score a touchdown. <laughs> giving Jacksonville the ball, which makes them vulnerable. Yes. Yeah, but it's hard to tell athletes it's very, not to score. And you know what? And, and pursuant to that, how often do you see like they, they'll tell a running back or someone stay in bounds, right? And then he doesn't get the first down because he like he falls down short of the sticks and he blows it by by doing a non-normal football move. Everyone, right? everyone that thinks this is a spreadsheet should. I want to see those guys coach because I want to bet against them. Hmm. That's all. That's all I can say. Um, Jacksonville. I've never heard this team again. Twenty-four percent chance to win. They won. I, I listened to the athletic pod, not Mike Sando's pod, and they went 20 minutes about how amazing Trevor Lawrence is. Again? Oh, my God. It was, you should have seen on this screen pass, the way his hips moved. It was like a, someone watching a porno, the way they were talking about hips. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, it almost made me nauseous. I almost... What do they call it? Regurgitated? I almost regurgitated. It was like enough. You know, there's two teams that are that were darlings. Bad, the two bad teams that were darlings preseason were Jacksonville and Detroit. Supposed yeah, to win yeah, six yeah, and a half. I don't even want to talk about the teams. I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I mean, it's one thing because people. Because here's the thing. This is what I notice. This is what AJ does with uh, Staley. When you love someone, and that person does poorly, someone's gonna go down. It isn't, it's not Herbsy's fault. It can't be Herbsy's fault. So who, oh, Staley. And I heard more people, all the Herbs lovers last year now hate Staley. Mm. There was a guy on, I think Steve Louis, I can't remember his name, from The Ringer, who's loved, and he's now hates her, or hates Staley. You know, in his in Staley's post-game conference, he says, smooth like chocolate milk. That's what Herbert is, just smooth like chocolate milk. And I was thinking to myself, if I said that on a podcast, you'd be like, Fez? That is the stupidest thing you've ever said. What do you mean smooth like cho- chocolate milk? Uh, do you think people even drink chocolate milk? And how is that smoother than any other type of drink? And and no, maybe that's why everyone's against Daily now. Smooth like I think of chocolate. I mean, you. I don't even. I don't even. Yeah. All I know is this: Herbert or or. Huh? All I know is Trevor Lawrence played well in this game. Uh, I had Jacksonville on the Super Contest. We went three and two this week. Uh, plus. Uh, what was it, four, I think? And we very well easily could have lost this game ATS. Very easily. Or Baltimore could have fallen down on the one-yard line, and you could have plinkoed and covered because they lost by two. That would have been perfect. Yes. Um, 
if you look at— so That was are, a miracle touchdown that Baltimore got. Baltimore's driving with the best kicker in the league, and they need a field goal to win. You, you think plus four is in the bag. That's true. But, boy, I mean, what, did, were you watching it when the 67-yarder got kicked? Or did, I, Yes. So did you think he was going to make of it? Of course, because I've, because I've seen the miracle after so miracle. So now that it's fallen short, is his leg getting weaker? He wasn't in in a, like a in like a, a a perfectly sealed dome. He was so playing kicking way, in the outdoors. Tom Dempsey wasn't when he kicked a sixty three yard. Yeah, but there's talk that he had like a like a brick in the front of his 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 shoe. Where Do you his think toes that would arms. help? A brick? Yeah, putting a brick in front of your toes. You think if you put a brick on your something foot, hard, you kick more like I, like something like a that, steel plate. Yeah. Kind of like Iron Mike Sharp had on his forearm thing. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> reference. One of Canada's greatest. Yes. Now I don't know if Mackenzie's implying that there's somehow the devil's involved, but humanity or humidity was 66 percent in Jacksonville. I know baseball travels further in humidity because they they have the ball in a humidor. But I but I don't know how humidity's impact on football. Mackenzie, does the ball Start travel? To look at this a second. I. I have spent half about half an uh, I would say half a day asking him to make things bigger and he has he has one sentence humidity 66% in Jacksonville on Sunday it took up the whole screen it was a 28 point Does the ball go further or less for far I, I think it know. goes I'm further I wonder why it was so big I think nothing the, else can get that big because the water droplets the density of the water droplets versus the underlying air I believe cause objects <laughs> to travel further which is completely op- oppo versus what I would think I would think oh all that water in the air would make it go less but it goes more I believe baseball yes I think a football same thing it would take me too much energy to say cut that, so we're just going to keep moving. Because <laughs> you had a screwy theory about the humidity and stuff with baseball this year, right? Yeah, because what happens is that <laughs> the, uh, two equivalent baseballs that have just been taken out of a thermos, will, they, they will, they'll travel further when in a high-humidity game, but the humidity causes the ball to get slightly would Jerry. soggy. Gary would relent at the last hour. Because that's what he does. I but in this particular Fox. case, he wasn't actually <laughs> soggy baseballs. Case, don't had go offered as far, him way more money than but they've offered any, any other baseball travels. And in this particular case, humidity. had they viewed him you as done? the yeah. super uh, elite, I'm at, that's accurate. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I, I, again, I just randomly turned on the radio. I figured it'd be more interesting. I might start doing that for now on. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> All right, what did you do? Did you upgrade, ball, downgrade? What'd you do here? Nothing. 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 You said it's in the middle. It's clean. Baltimore should have won the game by one to seven Plinko chip. Yes. And no one knows what you're talking about with Plinko. I want to explain it quickly. Yeah, and the price. Quickly. And the price is right. There's a game called Plinko where the. So puck, how many people do you think know that? Half. All right. So I think that's way high. But okay. I would actually go over fifty-five percent of people listening. This, we have a very youthful listenership. Somehow with you, but we do. How in the hell do they know what Plinko is? All they have to do is watch The Price is Right like five times in their lifetime. Well, Plinko was probably only on there once every 20 shows, I'd guess, right? I don't know. Well, it certainly wasn't one every five shows. Yeah. So you think if they saw it once, they were going to remember? Probably not. Mackenzie, did you know what Plinko was? I did because after I lost an unlucky game, he's like, hey, man, it's Plinko about three years ago. So he knows about it because of me. Yes. It's the only reason. <laughs> Just for doesn't years count. you've been saying Plinko, and everyone's like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we should do a – how's this? Do an explainer video on what Plinko is, and then you can say it. Till then – No more. 
I don't know. I don't want to. I don't. Listen, if you want to say Plinko, I think you have to explain. How's this? You got to have another analogy. Like, so explain not what Plinko is, but another way of saying what you're saying. It could have fallen into a couple different slots, and it and they weren't linear. It wasn't. It was like one by three. You lose by four or tied. Right? Is that what you mean? Yes. So the poster child of this would be the end of the San Fran Chargers game the week, not la- this week, but last week. Okay. Yeah. Where San Francisco's laying seven, mm-hmm. they're up three, mm-hmm. and they have second and goal from the two. Okay. So what the possibilities are, they could score a touchdown, win by ten. They could kick a field goal, win by six, or they could be stopped with for nothing. Yep. Okay. Win by three. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's, it's exactly what I said then. So they play there's fifty-nine three- minutes. And and twenty seconds, and then what is the outcome going to be? They're going to win by three, six, or ten. Plinko, depending on where the puck falls. And was Plink, did Plinko have a puck, or is this a hockey analogy you're adding in? It's like a hockey puck. It looks like a puck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it fixed? You think? I'm sure that it wasn't fifty fifty on every single outcome as it bounces down the board. Was Bob Barker feeling up any of the contestants while the Plinko was happening? Probably. But you still watched it. Yes. You didn't care. Don't care. <laughs> you still don't care. I, I, I just want to win, man. <laughs> I just want the puck to fall in the right the right outcome. But but what's key about it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you would think. So let's say the example of the San Fran, um, and it was the outcome was either win by three, win by six, or win by ten. Yes. So if you said, okay, the difference between three and ten is seven, three and a half gets you to six and a half, that implies, oh, at six and a half, you're going to win two out of three. But really, you're not. So what we're saying here is not evenly distributed. It's not a normal distribution. It's really three possible outcomes. Each has its own percentage. Exactly. And so in the San Fran case, they, they would have won by 10 probably two-thirds of the time mm-hmm. because the defense was gassed. They should have scored yeah, yeah. a touchdown, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was it's a biased Plinko ball puck. So it's really not Plinko then. So it's not Plinko, it's a bad analogy. But that was what you used as the ideal platonic ideal example. Probably a better example. But do you think perhaps as a sign it's an obscure and and maybe a amorphic type <laughs> concept that you say this is the perfect example and then you have to put a qualifier? It's a biased Plinko. Which means it's not a Plinko. Right. Maybe a roulette wheel or like a, maybe a big six wheel where the one and the two outcomes like are more common than the five, the 10, or the 20. Yeah, go with that. <laughs> I actually got that one. Yeah. All right. All right. You two <laughs> should do a pod. All right. We have. <laughs> Jacksonville. You still got a ticket for them to win the division, right? Or was that a Super Bowl ticket? <sighs> Oh yeah, I I think I threw it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to win the division. But yeah. but I mean, does does this seem like a turnaround for Jags? I mean, like, are you looking to play them? I mean, what? Or was this in the middle? It's it's in the middle. I didn't upgrade this them. I didn't down, I didn't this downgrade them. They were lucky to win. All right, they next, played well. They were lucky to win. Next game, Tampa, Cleveland. Uh, this is another confusing one, Faz. Now, I think what we should lead with is what we talked about in the market. Uh, early move recap, we talked about this game a little bit, is you actually did not downgrade Tampa Bay. I did not. And What was the rationale? I test. So I bet Cleveland. I'm biased, right? I took Cleveland plus three and a half, and I'm watching the whole game, and I'm Tampa's the better team. Cleveland's offense is struggling throughout the game, and I'm like, we're... I'm going well, obviously, to the Tampa offense wasn't doing Tampa that wasn't great. wasn't doing great as well, but Tampa was grinding out a 17-10 to 10 win. I'm like, there's no way Cleveland's going to get this final score and then a confluence of fortunate events happened at the end of the game where somehow 
Cleveland got in the Jesus end zone. Christ, you don't have to say like somehow. It's like how did they get in the end zone? They took the ball and drove it downfield. Yes. So what was the confluence of events? Making first downs? Making unlikely first how? downs. What was unlikely? Well, the most unlikeliest was on a fourth down play. They threw a pass that had about a 15% chance of being caught, and the, you're and like, the receiver you're like the came Terminator. down with it. You somehow can know that a completed pass shouldn't have been completed. Maybe it should have been 23% or 16%. It was it was very unlikely. Najoku's catch was like a, was extremely unlikely, and it was a fourth down catch. If he if he doesn't catch it like he shouldn't, then the final score is 17-10, to 10, and we're like, okay, we're going to upgrade Tampa at half point and lower Cleveland at half point. Hmm. Because then all these overtime stats where Cleveland did well would never have been in the game. Now, you but, bring up but, the point, though, and this is an excellent point, but they did play the overtime, and Cleveland did play very well in the overtime. Yeah, because if we look at the fourth quarter win share for the game, and that includes the overtime, right? So it's always, if there's an overtime, it's fourth quarter plus overtime, is Tampa Bay 57, Cleveland 43, like a toss-up. But you asked the question in pre-production, and McKenzie just flashed the numbers up, if the game had ended in regulation, Tampa Bay had an 85% chance to win, 15% chance uh, for Cleveland over the course of the fourth quarter. Yes. And so, so that's that, that biasing the, my that numbers. That by far the most unlikely upset of the se- or the unlikely win of the season if Cleveland had scored and then gone for two and one somehow, which they yeah. did score. So if they would have went for two and one. That's all it would have taken. They would have won outright and with a 15% win share. And that would have been by far the lowest of the year. So that's kind of interesting. But, boy, it seems like the fourth quarter is not – or, I'm sorry, it seems like the overtime is not cut in time, and you can say that's when the truth comes and out. And that's where I think it's a, it's a good point that you could make the case that, Fez, shouldn't you be waiting the overtime? And I was like – and maybe I was just so biased See, that's watching the, everything up to overtime where it's like you happen, Cleveland's the better team or the worst team the entire regu- regulation game. And what would have happened if you had happened to be watching another game? You would have looked at all this different. Doesn't that bother you that it's just whatever way your head's looking at the moment is going to dictate what a game? No, because theoretically, the game I pay the most attention to should be the one that I'm, I'm able to identify differences versus just staring at a box score. Well, staring at I, I, but I don't understand. I don't trust any situation where you can't. Here's something to think about. If you can't repeat something, if it's not repeatable, it's it's not testable. If it's not testable, how do you really know how good it is? Like to me, I want a system that I can say. Like I'll give you an example. Let's say we're gonna say we're gonna pick we're gonna bet against these teams if they're down by ten or more in game. Except as we enter this day's games, we're gonna pick three teams that don't fall in this category that we won't bet against them no matter what. Well, how are you picking those three? It's gonna be by feel. Now, how do you ever test that, right? But if you say the three teams that have the biggest um, uh, EPA, has the best net EPA, we won't bet again. Then each week you could go back in history sure. and repeat it. it. It strikes me that if you can't look at a box score or look at whatever data you get, because it's not just a box score, it's all the advanced data for outsiders. Does. Sure. I, I guess what it is, it's just if I'm looking at probability of victory, Cleveland's probability of victory, which, which is reflected in your fourth quarter numbers, was what, exactly what I saw. They're not going to win this game. It's extremely unlikely all the way throughout the fourth, then the second enter, half. If you enter the overtime when everyone's focused, when the stakes are highest, and Cleveland does really well, that they outplay has to Tampa, too. and and I think that's probably you can and make. You I blended, would certainly respect. You blend the two, and it ends up being forty-three 
to 57. And then you and then you da- and then you downgrade Tampa a little and you upgrade Cleveland a little. The market tends to agree with me because Tampa mm-hmm. had a lot of money bet against them. Now there's other reasons against the Saints, and we talked about it in the other other part. The market strongly agrees that Tampa Bay demands a big downgrade. And yes. I think some of this had to do with the off the buy in 2020, Tampa did so well. From uh, there on. Seven and five, then eleven and five. That's a good point. And to me, this feels like the, everyone was waiting off the Germany game. You know, think about it. One possession less left against the Rams. They were in a tough spot. They score and win there. They beat lost. a hot Seattle team. Now they get a bye. It was like a you know, talk now about this confluence. Is, now this is fascinating. You bring up a great point because remember I was talking about Cleveland and how fortunate they were to you know to get the game tied. The same, you could argue, was in Tampa's favor against the Rams. Mm-hmm. It was the same type of drive. There's no way Tampa should win this game. No way. And they matriculate down and have just enough time with some good breaks and some bad decisions by the Rams' defense to get in the end zone. And I would make the case that Cleveland is more impressive because Tampa did it but only had to score in order to win. Cleveland had to win in overtime. They had to score, yeah. 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 All right. So... And their we'll be, defense definitely stepped it up in overtime, We'll be talking too. about that Tampa a game against the Saints. And, again, that line goes against Fez's sacred power ratings. He the was market, mad. The market totally disagrees. They, they downgraded Tampa big time. Worst, worst uh, key injury for Tampa also. Next up, we're talking San Fran and the Saints, since we did talk a little bit about the Saints. And one thing that jumps out initially in this game for me, Fez, is how 13-0 was the final but every projection model says it should have been much higher scoring. Like Football Outsiders said there should have been 45 points scored in this game. Our stats say 37. Kevin Cole says uh, 29 or 39. So d- does that, in a way, discount how dominant the San Fran defense looked? Or what felt like the right score? Do you, I mean, it's not only what the margin should have been, but should San Fran's D have looked that impressive? No. Um, the Saints got almost 300 yards of offense. They imploded in the red zone. San Fran should should have won. Should have won by probably six. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. San Fran should have gotten more points also. So maybe should have been like 22 to 16 type of final. Yeah. We think this is the second most deceiving final mm. where we say what were the projections and what were the actual what's the actual score. This one's off by eight and a half points in favor of San Fran. Uh, Russell Wilson's involved. Oh, no. Actually, the top game is the Jets game. We'll talk about that soon or next even. Um, So do we simply say Saints aren't as bad as they seem? San Fran's D isn't as dominant as they seem. But kind of maybe you could make the case the Saints D wasn't as good as it seemed. Like Both Ds look better than they should have. And San Fran won by about what they should have. Or maybe, oh, they should have won by a little less. Yes. So in terms of total betting, I would look to play San Fran and Saints games over going forward. You know, because at least it's a, it's a vote in that direction. That's right. And But you got, let's let's full disclosure, you've got an irrational love of San Francisco. Completely, yes. What's the driver of that? I think Trey Lance was terrible. and He played one and a half games. Sandbagged their, their, their stats from the game. And one a and a half games. And Bermuda, that Bermuda grass monsoon in Chicago is still holding back San Fran's overall averages. Really? Yeah. The one, but wouldn't it help their defense? Yes, except for the fact they had a couple blown coverages in that and crazy those slick the wind, field. Or the, the rain got in their eyes. Yeah. Okay, next game. <laughs> We're talking Jets and Chicago. And as I said, the most surprising or let's say uh most deceiving outcome of the day was Jets and it actually should have been more we're saying the Jets won by 
Well, I guess not so much more. They shouldn't have won by that many, but they still should have won by a lot. So let me say this way. The average thought was Kevin Cole said they should have won by 10, uh, and then Football Outsiders said they should have won by 13, but they won by 21. So it was a little bit more than it should have been. I don't really think so. Looking at that game, looking at the quarterback situation for Chicago, felt like the Jets dominated, and it felt like they should have dominated. I, I don't really see it being a 10-point game. What do you think? Yeah, the Jets did dominate, and what was most impressive is that the weather was horrendous in this game. So it started out raining, and that was a driving rainstorm in the second half. So here's a situation where bad weather is supposed to bring two two teams together. So it closed. So less scoring, less variance. Well, more variance in a way, but you're saying the skills that allow a team to be better are harder to allow them to show themselves. Exactly. should slow down the skill position players and the like. And frankly, the opposite happened. The Jets, who have struggled all year long, now they, they go with White at quarterback. They put up over 450 yards against Chicago's defense in a driving rainstorm. And a lot of that yardage was in the second half where they really absolutely dominated. So it's just crazy that the Bears defense gave up that much yardage in those conditions. Now let's say this, though. We do have our garbage time numbers. And in the garbage time, Jets should have scored about five points and the Bears four points. So whatever the margin was throughout the game, the margin adjusted by just one point in the favor of the Jets during garbage time. So what were you what were you saying? Like the Jets were dominating even in garbage time? No, they crushed in the, throughout the third quarter. I yeah. don't know if they won third quarter, like 17-0, something like that. And then the game was over. It was so, it doesn't, this, so what we're saying is this wasn't a bunch of running up during garbage time. This was just domination from start to finish. Uh, you know, the first half was competitive for a while. So it was really well, the third the quarter. the first half, and then you say for a while. It the means third quarter. Of... The Jets destroyed the Bears in the third okay. quarter. So um, the change of quarterback, it's not any longer, oh, should it, was it a mistake? Are they going to go back? It was more from what we saw. I don't think I've ever seen a team celebrate a guy getting benched and not even dressing. Let's not forget something. Wilson didn't dress. Yes. They said if somehow it's Joe Flacco, baby. If we're, and if it's if he gets hurt, we'll have a court, we'll have a tight end take snap. I mean, you know, who was that running back from the Dolphins that started the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that. yeah. Either way, it's like it strikes me that we're talking about Mike White. And plus, he put up a game that is as good, what, a top 10 game of the year from any Oh, ab- absolutely. And so, and so and here's a situation where I think it, Mike White helps the defense get better because the defense is so disgusted. Mm. Um, and you look at that New England plus game. Plus, there's not as many three and outs. The defense gets, defense gets tired. But the defense was like so distraught over how well they played against New England. They lose the game because their quarterback can't play a lick. And like the whole team had a much, a much better chemistry. It was obvious. Yes. So how much right now? Would you upgrade or keep the Jets upgraded if somehow, some way, if the owner comes down and says, we are starting Wilson, what downgrade would you make? Now, let's think about this as you calculate it. Or I know you have it, but this is a year and a half after a guy was taken second in the draft. Second. Usually we say you can't even count the rookie year. That's kind of the thing. You want to see progress and all that, but you don't expect much from a rookie. So he's about half a season. And remember, Wilson missed a bunch. He had his knee torn up. He missed like four or five weeks, right, entering into the season. He didn't come back to the Pittsburgh game, Wilson. And it's like, and now in less than half a season, how much does a journeyman quarterback improve the Jets? The pure number is only half a point. 
Well, you're but it's wrong. Crazy. I'm free. I am the, freaking the why, crazy. Then why, then why is it the pure number is what you want it to be? That's how good. If both these teams were jettisoned onto another team, that's what my numbers would be. But on the Jets, the whole team plays better with Mike White. Thus, the number should be what two and a half, I think. Okay. Would you agree with that? I think it's probably. I don't even know if it's not four or five. Points. It could be. It could I mean, be. I, I think Wilson right now is worse than an average backup. And and I guess that's what I'm saying. White actually did pretty well last year statistically too. So how do you get the pure numbers? What? Well, I have White exactly. I have White as a, as as a average backup. But why? Minus three and a half. But maybe why? maybe it, maybe it's light. Maybe it's light. It just seems like a lot of like assuming everything's average type calculations that kind of take away any of the like I get if there's some maiden in a horse race you've never seen before and they don't the stats didn't get here from the last race you assume what well, why I don't do know. they keep Flacco as the number two guy instead of White then you know well probably because why did they I think White well first of all White had a horrible game against the Bills last year mm-hmm. he had four interceptions because remember there was a couple games he did well there was all kind of talk and then he had one bad game uh, I don't know what goes on in the locker room but I tell you this. If you take his top game last year, his top game this year, he might be maybe 15th in the league. Meaning if all there was was last year's best game, this year's Mm. best game. I mean, like you said, how many quarterbacks have had a better game? Now, listen, the Bears are the Bears. And their defense is especially – it's been been emptied of talent. Yes. But I I think the Jets are a play – I mean, you got to think they're almost a playoff favorite now, right? I would think they're likely to make the playoffs now, especially like, I mean, they got a good record. I've got them rated as an average team. Um, do you have them above or below average? You, you don't have them below average, I don't think. Do you have them average yeah. or slightly above average? By the way, Mike White, 92 QBR. That was the 11th best of the season. In terrible conditions. Yeah. Um, I think the Jets are well above average, and here's hmm. why. Um, if Mike White... We can't say he's what he is here because he's not going to be this good. All, but if Mike White is, yeah, you know something, it's tough to say. I, I usually don't say that, but it, I'm too quick to think Mike White's better than he think, than than you would think. You could be right. The net effect be, makes but, the defense better. But but I, everyone's I, excited. I, now. I think it's too easy to forget the times you're wrong about these kind of things. I'm talking about myself here, and then remember the times you're right. Uh, let's assume Mike White is. I mean, this is an interesting question. You said he was an average backup. Yeah. How much do you upgrade him for that? Like, right now, where is Mike White? Wow. Because, I mean, in theory, it'd be almost impossible that he'd be better than 32. Yeah. If he was if he was ranked number 48, average backup. So I had him 32nd with Davis Mills. But you had him 32nd when? Entering this week? Yes. But you're oh, no, ranked- no, that's not. T- I had him. 33rd. I had him the the worst starting quarterback in the league. Okay. But yes. you any like I would be number 33rd. Yes. So it doesn't mean anything. But you'd be like no. But you would have 48th. I mean you made him an average backup before, right? Yes. So why wouldn't he have been 48th? He would have been 48th. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So how yeah. much do you and you're saying an average backup is what? How many points worth? Minus three and a half. Than an average starter or yeah, the 32nd? Than an average starter. Than an average okay. starter. So would you upgrade him here? A point? Yeah. So now if he's two and a half worse than an average starter, where's to put him on the rank? 28th. Okay. That sounds right to me. And I think his range is wider than most. Exactly. Because he could be 46th or, I mean, easy. All right. But I tell you this, it's more exciting. 
Because Wilson, I, I, there was no chance of him doing You well. know, a lot of excitement with the quarterbacks, and the Bears quarterback situation was exciting in this game. Well, because it seemingly looked like some kind of like Paul Newman and the Sting kind of situation. You, you want to recount it real quick? Yeah, so Simeon's supposed to start for the Bears, and Fields is out, so the line goes from 4 to 7. And then there's support for the Bears. The Bears line drops from 7 to 6.5. People are betting the Bears ex- until Simeon injures himself during the pregame warm-ups. And it How gets, could that be? It's could you hard imagine like Brett Favre? Stretching, could right? you imagine Brett Favre yeah. hurting himself in pregame warm So word comes out, Nathan Peterman is starting for the Bears. Well, that um, puts the kibosh on that. That rings a bell. Yes. They talk about the five interception and one half, Nathan Peterman. So the line goes from, it, it dropped from seven to six and a half. Boom. Nothing but anti Bears money, pro Jets money. Jets go up to eight right before kickoff. All in a flurry. And then we have a we have a change. Yeah, there's no announcements. Just like what that doesn't look like Nathan Peterman. That guy looks like that Northwestern Simeon that's coming. They're like Simeon's coming out. This is no one expected this. And then like in terms of the live wagering. I, I, I lost. I bet I bet on the Bears. I'm like, get on the Bears because like the Bears were catching, you know. Wait, get on the Bears. Oh, because Simeon, Simeon was went, instead of Nathan Peterman. So I'm betting the Bears plus ten and a half and plus eleven in the first quarter. That didn't that didn't play out well. I lost. I tell you, the um <laughs> I, what I saw from the, the, the receivers and the offensive playmakers on the Jets, the amount of joy. Of not, I don't think Wilson does he even dress another game for them. It sure feels, uh, you know, what's the um, the guy uh, Rosen? It has a, it has a Rosen feel to it, doesn't it? Josh Rosen, where he's going. Yeah, but like, the funny get, thing is, around. if you look at Rosen, he's he's made more money since that Arizona contract, and he I don't think he ever took a snap in the end. I think he took a couple snaps for the 49ers. His lately. agent should get a big. Yeah, so that yeah, I mean Ari Gold, I think is his name. <laughs> All right, next game. Let's look at this. Was a game that was a real Cincy, Tennessee. This was a game that a lot of people took a lot of positive thoughts away from when it came to the Cincy performance. And one stat I think Kevin Cole had this was that he calls it quick pressure. How it's one thing to have pressure on a quarterback, but sometimes the quarterback holds the ball and invites pressure. Thus, it's hard to blame the line. But quick pressure is it's pressure in two and a half seconds or less. And I think there were only two plays since he gave that up, which is well mm. below or well better than average for the uh, blocking. And remember, this was a Tennessee team that dominated that O-line and that scheme in the playoffs, even though since he won. What was your takeaway of the game? Yeah, so I thought it was a true final. Uh, the Bengals were worthy of the victory. It was, it was hard, hard fought. I actually was impressed by both teams. My initial was to raise the Bengals by half point and leave the Titans where they're at because I thought mm-hmm. that it was played at a high level. 14% chance of Tennessee winning. So the fourth quarter win share at pregame.com was not impressive. Though we, stats-wise, said since he only won the game effectively, the underlying stats by two points. Kevin Cole said six, and Football Outsider said six. So the theory is the stats don't try to figure out what's repeatable or not. It's just pure stats. Do you think that, in a way, you could say Tennessee got a little lucky because, I mean, it seems like the uh, – I mean, I guess maybe I should say – let's think about this. No. Since he got slightly lucky because well, it no, was see, a very – You it, know, usually we have the luck factors all figured out. Mackenzie wasn't able to do it. I think since he should have won by, by – I'm sorry. We're talking a little bit about little, – little, it, it was difficult. He didn't have time somehow to do it. But go ahead. I think since he should have won by one or two. Okay, so Kevin Cole was saying six, and Football Outsider saying six. So my point is that stats agree with you. 
The pure stats say Tam or Cincy should have won by two. But they're saying they should have won by more, which means they think Tennessee got lucky in spots. What makes mm. you think Cincy got lucky? You know, I think it was more that the more I thought about this game, the playoff revenge for Tennessee, I thought it was a good spot for Tennessee to really come in. And the fact that Cincy— But that's got nothing to do with what actually happens on the but field. The, yeah, but the fact that Cincy was able to slightly outplay them despite being yeah. in a bad situation, no, I, I think, think is that's impressive. a different conversation. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to talk about the game. One, what's the pure—well, one, scoreboard. Yeah. The scoreboard tells you a story. The stats tell you a story. The factors that influence the scoreboard, like motivation, tell you a story. Like Tampa's off a bye in that game. That should mean they should do better. When they don't, it means more. I also really like the end the end game situation that happened where since since he's up four, okay? Mm -hmm. It's at the end of the game. They're in the red zone. Mm -hmm. All right. They're gonna score. All right. So since he yeah, I, so everyone saw this and there was a he went targeted the center. Right. So so again, we go back to the the big six wheel spin. The Bengals are gonna win by four. Seven or eleven at the end of the game. Well, they only win by four because Tennessee right. jumped off sides on, on a, when they kicked a field goal. Okay, that's so they only get a four point. You know what? If they kick that field goal like they did, and it was on the scoreboard, they took it off. Well, if 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 Cincy wins by seven, we'd say, well, this obviously we're going to upgrade Cincy and lower. Tennessee. That's an interesting point. Yeah, Mackenzie, do is there any estimate of when Monday's work's going to be done? Monday evening from now on. No, no, no. I didn't ask that. When estimate with this Monday's work going to be done? By Wednesday, you think? Uh, it takes me about two hours. I could do the super sheet tomorrow morning first, or I could do no, that no, tomorrow no, no. first. I'm just I'm asking you when. It, apparently, you do what you want. So I'm asking, what is net? What, what's the schedule? Is there anything before I go to sleep tonight? Okay, okay, that's interesting. A Logie McCann. <laughs> I think maybe get a good night's sleep and then hit it in the morning. All right, next game. Let's go. You know, Miami's not getting talked about. At least, I think people that are. There's, there's a, I would say Miami is a sneaky team that if you say who who's a Super Bowl, not long shot, but who's a surprise? I'd say Cincinnati, Miami are one and two on that list. Yeah, Miami just destroyed, destroyed Houston. They're up 30 to nothing. Phony final. They almost didn't cover. I mean, Miami only wins by by two. And you know what? Well, Miami wins by 15. By 15. They cover by one and a half points, right? And they just coasted. They, they well, garbage time, and I think this is by far the biggest garbage time I've seen, is Houston scored 16 points worth of points in garbage time. Miami, five. So 21 of the points was garbage time points. But still, Houston picked up 11 net points during garbage time. So, so. if you look at the final score, it looks like both teams pretty much met expectations. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. So what? Let's let's do a little side move here for a second. What teams do you think have a better than 5% chance to win the Super Bowl, meaning, you know, better than 20 to 1. And, and again, I don't know what 20 to 1 means. I know what it means, but I'm saying what would be a shocker? So I'm going to I'm gonna name some teams, and, and the ones that I think are obviously not a shocker if they win. Buffalo's not a shocker. Kansas City's not a shocker. Philly's not a shocker. Dallas wouldn't be a shocker. San Francisco wouldn't be a shocker. Okay. Where do you go from there? Who's the next likely team to win a Super Bowl? Bengals. You got the Bengals ahead of. Now let's think of who. Let's think of the uh, suspects now. All right. So we could say Vikings are on uh, are potential. Now I know you're not high on them, but let's just say Vikings. Yep. We can say uh, Titans, Minnesota, mm -hmm. Tennessee, Miami. Yep. Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. 
I think you still got to keep Tampa Bay in there, Sure, right? they're going to win the division. Tampa Bay. Well, no, we, we got – Minnesota's winning the division. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're saying who would shock you if they win the Super Bowl. I don't think any – I mean, like Washington doesn't make – No chance. Uh, well, there's a chance. But nope. No, okay, well, Zero. All right. Um, I don't think there's any – Mackenzie, does anyone else jump out at you? You're not recording a pod right now, are you? No, I wouldn't put it past Bill Belichick. Patriots are yeah, they maybe can't. one yeah. in 100. I mean, I hear you, but – Okay. All right. So we named Well, Jacksonville. I have a ticket. <laughs> All right. So let's let's go over one more time who we think clearly. Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly, San Fran Dallas. San Fran Dallas. So is that is that your top five? Yes. Okay. And Philly's last on that list for you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. they have an easier path. Yeah, yeah, they last. Okay. Who's next? And again, if you're just looking at your power ratings, this Cincy. is Cincy. No, since he's eighth in my powering, since he's next. So you think since he has the sixth best chance to win? Yes, because their ceiling's higher. Kenzie, did you have a chance to do the Super Bowl odds today? Yep. Is that tomorrow? Or, to, or no, Mark did them and you printed them? We work on them together. Oh, it's a collaboration. All right, where's Cincy right now? Because I heard, I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were like 25 to 1. I mean, they had a real nice payout. Since he is 18 to 1, ninth by the odds. Okay. Can you make it a little bigger, maybe? Like as big as you did that one thing? Okay. So, all right, let's look at the Super Bowl. It's Chiefs plus 425, Bills plus 450, Eagles 6 to 1, 49ers 6 uh, plus 625, so a little over 6 to 1. Dallas 9 to 1. Now, that seems like the first opportunity. Is Dallas maybe a good bet at 9 to 1? No. Okay. Because they got they're only laying one and a half against Philly when when they they're That's very the unlikely. Yeah, they're very unlikely to win the division. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Dolphins 15 to 1. That's a big jump. Ravens sixteen to one. Vikings seventeen to one. Bengals eighteen to one. So how many? How much better is Cincy than Minnesota to you? Because I, I would. Now they are going to win the. And you know, Bengals got a tough schedule to end the year. It's like everyone's talking. Oh, they're about. three and a half points better than Minnesota. That's what I'm saying. Is uh, and then Tampa's twenty two to one. Tight. So it looks like we got the right teams here. You got Cincy next, and then who's after that? So who's left now? Minnesota, Miami, Tennessee. Miami next. Okay, then now, Baltimore. Baltimore, all right. That's it. No one else can win. Tampa can't win. Tampa can't win. And Minnesota can't win. Nope. And Tennessee can't win. No, they can't. Ten- all right. Give me a hundred to one on Tennessee. I'll just I'll oh, bet they- you uh, twenty dollars. Tennessee has a de minimis chance of winning. Okay, so that's one, perfect. So one, they, Tennessee has a two percent chance. I'll give you fifty to one. <laughs> so when you say no chance, you meant I meant some win. chance. Very, very unlikely. All right, I agree. But I would I would say this: There's a lot of people like Miami. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like Cincy. I like Cincy more. I, I think Miami's too. defense has looked better, but they've played a lot of weak offenses. I, I think that D is a real problem. I agree. All right. Next game. We'll just go. What was the faultiest final, in your opinion? Let me take a look. We've hit most of them. Now, I'll tell you who we think. Oh, Atlanta, Washington. All right, go ahead. Uh Someone had to win. It was a coin flip. True coin flip, and somehow Washington won by six. Oh, the fourth quarter win share says... 79% for Washington. Okay. So maybe your eye t- maybe you were watching another game. Were you watching this game? I did not watch all of it. All right. So just the end game. So what what makes you think? All right, let's look at Atlanta actually had better stats. Uh Kevin Cole says Washington by three. Football Outsider says by four. So Washington, 79%. So it seems like a Atlanta's a, probably a little underrated. Washington's played a lot of tough games. This was kind of a potential flat spot. Watching the red zone, there's two minutes to go, and Atlanta is favored to win the game in the final 
minute of the game because they got down like— Well, how did we get the 79-21 Because then? they weren't the whole game. They're just in the final Well, minute. we're talking about just the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm talking about the final— like so you're saying plays. if the only one moment in time mattered, yes, Atlanta had a 51% chance to win. They were like 63%, yeah. Mackenzie, can you find what Atlanta's best number was in that spot? I bet it was the play before, yep. All right, go ahead. I'm going to guess 63%. All right. We'll see you. All right, so how good is Washington? Because let's be honest, this is the only team that's even been competitive or that Philly even oh, had. Oh, yeah, they really have played well against Philly. I, I, I think I got them too low. I got Washington 19th. How could you think that? Uh, so who who's 18th? Raiders. So you really think the Raiders will be favored over Washington? No, but I think that the Raiders are better than Washington. There's a difference. Well, you've been high on the Raiders. I mean, you know, they really could be like two and nine right now with no problem. They just won two overtime games and they had two wins before. Yeah, they lost some close games. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what was it? 60% was the highest? 54%. Oh, okay. Oh, 63 yeah. was too high. All right. Yeah. So pretty much what I said, for one play, they were just yeah. barely over 50. But that's the play, the play I saw. That's, and that's the selective memory. That's the problem. Yeah. Because I watched the whole Cleveland game. I did not. I, I like. I only watched the end game of the Atlanta game. So not really much of a faulty but the stat. Well, it was a faulty final. The stats were equal. The, 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 the Atlanta was a little bit better in the stats, slightly better. I upgraded Atlanta half point, lowered Washington a half. That's no, and and how could Washington only be nineteenth when they cover and win and you lower them? I can't figure it out. They're underlying. You think, you think there might be their there, numbers there, suck? You think there just might be a reason there somewhere buried I, in there? I I think yes. The reason and the the reason is I probably have Washington. I'm probably reacting too much to these Wentz games where the defense was discouraged and everyone hated them and and, and sandbagged all their numbers. Probably. I, I think that. I mean, considering the fact you were blaming the 49er stats on a game and a half from trade. Uh, I'm going to bring Washington Trillions. up. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Washington up a point because I'm going to delete all the. Uh, so you're the, no wonder people would say that your your power ratings are sacrosanct. Well, then sacrosanct <laughs> means not to be questioned. Exactly, and this is the opposite. We're showing exactly. they, they should. That's be if you're just arbitrarily moving by a point, it's, and then you're like flabbergasted that your numbers are. It's, it's Monday night. I've been up. <laughs> Like half the but night, you know, you know trying to get my first draft of these things. I, I haven't set these out Were yet. You and Mackenzie working at the same time at 7 a.m.? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was taking Johnny to school. <laughs> Next game. Oh, talk about, we talked about the Jets and the, the, uh, the joy that came from Denver, Carolina. Or I'm sorry, from the Jets' new quarterback. Oh, Carolina? No, I'm talking. Well, no, I'm talking about Russell Wilson in Denver and and the yapping on the sideline. I mean, it seems like this thing's coming apart. Uh, yeah. So I've got um, uh, nothing phony at all about Carolina's win. Uh, uh, yeah, solid well, nine, clean win. Ninety nine point five percent win share. Lower Denver one and a half. Raise Carolina one and a half. Now, where's Denver at right now? Denver. Are they above or below Washington? They're below Washington by what? Like a half a point? They are. Why? Why just change Washington? So it's a oh trick no, question. no, no! Keep Washington like a, a point and a half. Point before and a half the change. Before the change, Washington uh, point no. half better than Denver. Denver. So now they're two and a half better. Denver, yes, uh, yes. yeah, no, yes. it was a half point before. Yes, be honest. All right, so I've got Denver minus three and a half, and that puts them below Pittsburgh and with Indianapolis and Carolina. All right, I think it's a dead team, and you nailed it. They, they how I. I Hall of Fame quarterbacks getting called out, screamed out at the side. Do you think Brady? Hall of would... Fame. What? What? He's never gotten an MVP vote. And yeah, may not. He may not be going. Yeah. Will he ever? That'd be a great prop. Hall of Fame candidate Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame in, at uh, Purdue or wherever he played. Wisconsin, maybe. Worst contract in the history of the NFL. 
I mean, let's be honest. No one has seen, I don't think we've seen a quarterback this young drop off like this. Yeah. Especially one doing that's training on an airplane flight. You think he'd be in great shape. When it's, was the last 34 year old to just bust, go bustola? I mean, yeah. like George Blando. I mean, it's like, this is he what. He played till he was 100. Yeah, that's right. Is, but he started dropping off. <laughs> I don't think he was that old. He just looked old. No, he was. He was like 48 or was, 49. Oh, oh, but, you're right. You're right. But he never, he really didn't start. All those stats we saw was he was a punter that was like the third quarterback. Staber was only 38 and he looked like he was 100. Oh, well, he's the snake. Yeah. When you call it the snake. When he went to the Oilers, remember that? Well, was that after or before they were going to kick the door in? Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm giving a little shot to Bum Phillips right now. Uh, <laughs> um, Carolina. Carolina seems like a team that's an example of if a couple things had gone differently, they'd, I mean, forget they'd be leading the division because of the division, but they'd be like a, a slightly above 500. Yeah. They, um, they're at four wins. And I think did you use the analogy like the the major league where like the like we're just gonna win the whole damn thing you know trade all our best players we don't care you know we're gonna rally together that defense is really really good for Carolina yeah and I mean you really look at it it just goes to show you that one because I remember when Carolina I can't remember who they're gonna play but it was like week five and there was a real like. You know, uh, Carolina could win this thing, this division. And there was a real sense of everyone getting ready to jump on them. And they lost that game, and everyone just got so disgusted Traded by it. Traded McCaffrey, um, the, the, the Robbie Anderson revolted, and were like, oh, it's a team in disarray. Yeah. But 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 in a weird way, there's these couple pivot points. We always talk about, like, let it happen a thousand. You know, if only there was a thousand repetitions, we could mm-hmm. get the sample size. But in truth— there's a reason that the Monte Carlo simulation makes sense because a team will lose three in a row sometimes at the beginning. How do, how are they affected by that? And I don't think any real simulation can figure that. Exactly. And like I read about like the early blackjack, you know, they didn't have the computers, mm-hmm. so they had to work out the strategy by like like flipping the cards, you know, five thousand times. Do you double a seven against a four, you know, type of thing? Yeah, but yeah. that's what the Monte Carlo addresses. But but here's the thing. How do you calculate human reaction to these things? You can't, yeah. And that's why I think that's uh, everyone who wants, listen, if you have a calculator, you want the numbers to matter most. If you have a psychology degree, you want the psychology or the psychological perspective to matter. It's going to be a combination. But whenever you hear math guys talk about how how bullshit trends are, well, some trends are bullshit. Others are like the heart of handicap. Well, this is, you nailed it. The art. It, it's a science, and it's an it's and and it's an art of being able to identify what's bullshit. Because you know, you, if you query a thousand trends randomly, one out of a thousand are, are going to come up. This is ninety nine point nine percent likely to be significant, mm-hmm. but it isn't because if you query enough trends, you're going to find one that's an outlier like that. That's just random. I agree with that. I I also think this, and this isn't something I love saying, but I think it is art and science unless you truly have artificial intelligence. Or machine learning, where it you can figure out, like if you looked at, if you have enough sample, you could say if a team's season wins are are this, mm-hmm. and then they're a third of the way through the year, and they're on pace to win this many games, let's say half as many, and if there's a coaching change, what happens? Yes, and you might say, well, there's only going to be seven of those cases ever, but if you're looking at it on a per play basis, you can say this team Pretty over the course sample. of 3,000 yeah. plays did this. And now it's like, okay, a human, even with a computer, can't do that. Yes. There's going to be enough. But 
NFL. I love that per play average. You know, but but you could do that with the NBA, like evaluating a player. It's like on off numbers with that too. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next game. Let's go. uh, uh Wow, we're almost done here. Let's go Seattle. Oh, this was probably my one of my favorite games of the week. I was just playing. Well, I listen. We were up seven. They had a score at the end, but still Raiders. They win in overtime. I had Seattle lane three and a half in the contest. That was one of the two losers. Takeaways. I can't takeaways. The Seattle defense just got absolutely trashed by the by the Raiders offense. To and, the, and I would make to, the case the Seattle offense is probably as good as advertised. The defense had that three or four games that we thought, oh, if they're this good, they could be as good as anyone in the NFC. That D doesn't look to be that D. That the D's worse than that recent run. Exactly. And so whenever I see like like outliers, so the Raiders had almost 600 yards of offense. Now I get it. They got a cheap 80 yards in overtime. But so even 12 points, we say that the Raiders should have won by just by the stats. Yes. And so and and I, I, I don't think the Raiders should have won by 12, but by seven. I think Seattle got a yeah. pick six to start the game. Well, let's be clear also, here. That was, so Seattle got a cheap Kevin seven Co- start. Kevin Cole has it where uh, Raiders should have won by one. And football outsiders say Raiders by three. So the stats say one thing, but then when you take out the luck, it was like this was a coin flip game. And the fourth quarter win share was Seattle 62%. Seattle had a seven-point lead. So you got to call it a tie. The The Raiders were a four-point dog. I'm going to upgrade the Raiders. Um, and I was I going to bring them up a half or bring them up a one? I brought the Raiders up one. One, they were down seven with a late drive, just like Cleveland. I, yeah, What's different than those two anti, situations? Anti-dream crusher. Anti-dream crusher here for the, for the Raiders. The Raiders' dream's crushed. No. You think they can make the playoffs? I don't, but they do. They're crazy. Dude, they're not thinking they're, about the, the post game interview. They're, they're so happy. They're so, so, so energized. Is insanity something that, that is good or bad? It's good when it motivates the team. Okay, but still, they were motivated all those games when they lost in a row. I mean, what are you talking about? What What is different than Seattle and Cleveland? Each had a drive and score touchdown at the very end. The difference was Cleveland didn't move the ball the entire game, and the Raiders did. That's right, the but difference. they gave up as much as they gave. They were down seven, driving, and they needed a touchdown to win. I was not— Or, or to, to tie. I was—I would have been but extreme— you were watching the Seattle game. You don't know what you would have I felt. did watch— The whole game. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. I was extremely confident whoever had the ball was going to score in that game. I was not confident Cleveland was going to be able to score at all. You, you see, you see, you're squirming out of the noose in a way that is worse than the hang. I, I, I've, whoever had the ball, I thought would win that game. And 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 to their credit, the defense for the Raiders stepped well, up Seattle big in overtime. Had the ball first in, exactly. In overtime. So was it huge. wasn't the case. And, and uh, twice Seattle got the all right, ball. So then twice. that, that kind of makes your point even more invalid. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the point I'm saying is, how could you possibly upgrade the Raiders by a point? Because their power rated so low that they were four point underdog in that game, and, and they, they played should have them even been because they, they they one one fumble, one fourth down, not converted, and they lose by seven. Yeah, it should have been a tie. <laughs> they that's, outgained. That's why would a tie mean that they had two hundred dogs? They had two hundred more that. yards. All right, Tampa did not have two hundred more yards than Cleveland. Well, vice versa, you mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sir. All right. After that, insanity. Well, I see why I'm kind of. I see why you like insanity, though. I do. Uh, uh, Mackenzie has a stat. Raiders are two and zero after Derek Carr cried. That's kind of sad that you're making fun of someone for showing emotion. Fez, would you ever do that? I thought he was oversharing. <laughs> but you don't like emotion. I try not to, to hide it. Cry? No, I try to hide it. I don't want to. I don't cry out loud. Just. You just hide saw it it silently sob? That song, whatever. Don't cry out loud. 
Just keep it inside. You know, we've got... We... Learn how to hide your feelings. <laughs> Somehow you know the lyrics of that song. Was that like an inspiration to you? Is that like a Joni Mitchell type song? I don't even know who sings that. But how do you know the lyrics? My my dad probably, probably like played it when we were young. I don't know. Here, Faz, I got a little something for you. I cried. I'm not afraid to admit it. I cried. It happens, buddy. <laughs> it happens. All right. There's a song called Don't Cry Out Loud. That's the one. Oh, my gosh. I have no... Why does every song you have have a disco person? Like, were you, That's when you were at your prime was disco. I was born in 1963. Okay. You know? so, so she's oh, a, so when you were like 15, you were like, a like brick. one day I'll be at like one House. <laughs> night fever, night fever. I don't know if we should do these nighttime pods anymore. <laughs> All right, next game. A little loopy. <laughs> no. Uh, Chargers. Oh, season saver. They only had a 40% win share. They win late. Go for two. One of two teams to do it. Takeaways. Uh, Chargers fortunate to win. Uh, I, I thought the Cards were going to win the game, and because of that, I downgraded the Chargers a half, even though they somehow managed to um well, the, I don't think that's the, crazy. The if anything, that was the exact same. Now, you were very disparate on how you handle these things because Chargers had a last drive to win, right? Or to mm-hmm. tie. Or in this case, they went for two. Yeah, to tie. All right. So the Chargers had that and you downgraded them. Yes. Cleveland had that and you downgraded them. Yes. <laughs> Raiders have that and you upgrade them. Yes. That makes perfect sense. Um, the, st- the stats say uh, Chargers by four. Do they? Kevin Cole says Arizona by five. Yeah, because Arizona was minus two in turnovers and well, won the remember, yardage. Yeah, our yeah. stats are looking more to pure not, you know, uh-huh. pure yardage first time. We do account for we're just saying at the line maybe stats isn't the way to say it, line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. How do the teams do snapping the ball at the line of scrimmage? And then finally, um we've got uh football outsider said it was about even. So okay. Uh what do you do with Arizona here? Raise them half a point. Raise them. Yeah. See, I don't know if I agree. With I, you that. know, I like the fact Murray was running. I like the fact that he, he because I was concerned, you know, coming back from the injury, and he certainly looked um, like he was actively engaged to, to, to run the ball, and that, that's a big upgrade if he's willing to do that with the offense. Last game, Kansas City and the Rams. This one's easy. 99% win share for KC, 26 to 10. Stats say Kansas City by 22. Kevin Cole says 15. This was a real, this is the biggest blowout of the week based upon these numbers. What do you think? No adjustment. You don't upgrade Kansas City for no, dominating? They were laying 15 and a half. They kicked a meaningless field goal with the but under. They should, with but they should have won by more than 16. I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah, is, they outgained them by, you're, you're right. The numbers say they should have won by probably 20. I could, I could certainly, you know what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, boy, you could. You could if, I would have no qualms if you want to lower the Rams a half and raise the Chiefs by a half. I think you got to. Well, one, they lost. They lost that Bears receiver for the season. Now, the, you know. Uh, Al, oh, oh yeah, A Rob. Who? Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. A Rob. I don't think anyone's ever called him A Rob. Everyone calls him that. Who? But the same people that call Christian McCaffrey C Mac. All the fantasy. No, geeks. I've heard C Mac five hundred times. No, A Rob. Believe me, A Rob's Mackenzie. Everyone says A Rob, right? It's like C Mac. Wow. You guys agree? Might be looking for. I, I, I did you ask have him, someone to hire. I asked him a lead. I asked him a leading question. <laughs> so you can get that six K figure ready for him going. All right, six K. Oh wait, wait, six figure a year. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> His yeah, talent yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There's a story there. I'm not going to tell. <laughs> I'm not going to tell. I'll let Mackenzie tell you later. Well, I think I know the whole story. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I think we're done. Oh, yeah, Green Bay, Philly. Oh, oh. Th- We've why, talked about that already. Why isn't that game on here? Do I not see it? It was a Sunday oh, wait, night game. We, did, we didn't get to that one somehow. How'd that happen, Mackenzie? I'm, I'm not sure. Just, just for, didn't do it, huh? Copy and paste error, I guess. Hmm. Looking at it now. Yeah. Excellent work, though. Um, talk about Green Bay. I don't have any numbers in front of me, though. All right. So I was torn. No, no imagine that in the middle. Do I upgrade Philly a half point or do I leave them where they're at? Because they certainly kicked butt statistically. Yeah, they won I mean, the. Why, you know, why would dominating the game, winning effectively by 14, except for. Why didn't, would that matter? Because I didn't like the defense gave up seven yards per play. And I didn't yeah. like the defense kind of like. You know, part of this could be that Rodgers got knocked out of the game. And I think the D kind of relaxed. We're up 14. We got this. And boom, Jordan Love comes in and, and leads him to an 80 yard touchdown drive. And what happened after that? Game ended. <laughs> it's like late in the fourth quarter. So once again, Philly had no chance of losing. They had Cause, no Because Aaron Rodgers was out in mid-third quarter, right? Yeah, but uh, late third quarter. Late uh, third. I, I think it was think. late. I think it was, mid, I think it was late. Mid. I think it was like, you know, it's like that commercial where, where well, they have no, the two friends. Like, I'm going to challenge. Oh, well, you have one left. Uh, well, <laughs> let's say this. Let's say that you're right, and let's say there were 17 minutes left in the game. Yeah. So at no point could have Philly lost. Never did But you that's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm starting to see it now. If you like a team, they have to do one good thing. If you don't like a team, they can't do a bad thing. Yes. No, they do lots of bad things. No, I'm oh, saying no. Oh, oh, if they penalize do one, that's what you're going to I'm like the on. East German judge. The if, fact- you have, if you're an American gymnast and you like have a slight bobble, it's a mandatory half a point deduction. So mandatory. You want to say you're a communist that's biased? Yes. Okay. How does that help us? Bottom line, uh, to be fair, like I, I come up with my ratings uh-huh. and then I like I really like tweak them like crazy with with some other people that I respect to come up with. So when do I'm, you tend do you find out maybe the tweaks happen in the direction against your biases? Oh, always. So of maybe course, just, maybe that's just by definition. Bit, what, what, but you, if you're aware of a bias, uh, but I'm not aware. Oh, that's what got, they do. I'm aware the, when you I'm can't having think that the Raiders should be upgraded by a point. You can't really think that's well, the think way that the game Ra- went. I really thought the Raiders were a dead team, it's like and, and the dream crushed. And now I'm hearing talk that the Raiders are like re-energized. So maybe I'm. You're right. I'm biased. I'm living in Las Vegas. I'm a homer. I listen to all the local pods, all the local shows, and everyone's pro Raider. And you're right. I'm biased for the Raiders. Here's what. I, here's why I think. Just bad. Here's why I think what you need to do is start to have different areas of your power ratings. Here's the pure on the field. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe even offense and defense. Then you can say, here's a scheduling spot. Here's an injury spot. And then if you want to... Well, dem- those wouldn't be power ratings. Well, injuries apparently are. To they you. are, yeah, yeah. So what are you saying? Well, it's hard because... You I get- agree, but if you make it a separate category... If a guy's going to be out for five weeks, I got to take him down on the power rating. No, you. but here's the thing. The power ratings can be the net number, any net you want, meaning for the game handicap, you can consider situational spots or whatever. But if we have a conversation like who's going to win... Uh, the Super Bowl, then you can just look at the numbers that apply to that. Yeah, I should have both numbers. So, like, I should have a Cincinnati Bengal with Chase and without Chase. Yeah. Yes. Or just have an, adju- an offset yeah. for Chase. And it, it strikes me when you have something like I'm downgrading the Raiders because I think they've given up, like, two weeks ago. 
then that can be a separate number, like a tank number or a yeah, motivation that, number. Will, will that be continue throughout the rest of the year? It depends. Exactly. All, like Carolina is no longer Carolina is has no tank in them. They're, they think I, they can win the division. I, why don't we set that as a goal? Okay. Because it does seem like that, because you're getting to the point now, you're having to reverse in your mind something you did last. Now, so it's almost like I downgraded them because of this. Now I'm upgrading them back. And it's like, no, why not just have those numbers? It's complicated. Well, maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe your convoluted thinking on it's complicated. Right. Well, no, you tell me because it does. It, <laughs> I see what you're saying about the Raiders, meaning if you thought they were given up and now you don't think they have, the adjustment has to be more than the game result. Exactly. The best example I can give is the New York Giants last year. I had the Giants as a minus 12 and a half at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Like, like were they a minus 12 and a half bat? Of course not. But the way they played, of course they were because they, they, they were done. On, so yeah, they yeah. gave up. Now I would make the following case. I would make the case that for the use of those Power ratings even in the next year have an offset for these That's things. That's strong. Right? Because now you can say, how good was the team really? Right. Well, on talent and where, how much of this was just the fact they were mailing it in. Yeah. Okay. So we're wrapped up here, except we told you at the beginning, we have a conversation about the Chiefs. I thought it was excellent. And there's a little contention in it. But you know what? When we disagree, we tell you. When we agree, we tell you. Went 3-2 and two this week. I thought we were 3-0. and oh. I thought we might have a monster. But then, was it Seattle? It's Seattle. Seattle. And then it's funny. I heard the market loved Seattle. Yeah. They went in the commercial and or, or they went to the cut and they go. And this one was a touchdown in overtime. So I'm thinking, perfect. We're laying three and a right. half. And then I'm trying trying to make out the uniform. It wasn't a Seattle guy running. No, and this yeah, the Seahawks usually don't wear white. Yeah, little time shift here, but it's a good conversation. Remember, straight out of Vegas. Five mornings a week, Monday through Friday. Fez is on there a good bit, and I'm on there sometimes. And then we've got the Wednesday night taping, Thursday release on the pick preview. Full house this week. Talk to you there. Here comes a little extra conversation. Uh, I mean, the idea that maybe, like, what is the case that Philly is an inferior team to Dallas? NFL is figuring out the quirky offense a little really? bit. Really? So not that 40-burger is significant. Well, let me let me compare, you know. I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. Go ahead. Well, Green Bay's, Green Bay's not very good. Okay. Well, the line was six, six and a half. They, they won by two scores, even though there was a kind of a late one. I mean, Rodgers goes out of the game, like almost like no moss. It's almost like let's throw in the towel. I got a feeling he'll play this week, Rodgers. So why was he out at the end of that game? Because it felt futile. And once again, I'm going to say the following. If we look at the fourth quarter win share, mm -hmm. which is pretty much saying, what is your control of the game in the fourth quarter? Philadelphia is number one. And let's see what their win share is. And then we'll see what number two is. So look in here real quick. Philly, number one, 84% chance to win in, on average throughout the fourth quarters. 84. Number two, Baltimore, 81. Now, talk about they had a good chance to win, but not always. They Spot did. on. They've not been good. Kansas City, next, 80. And then we dropped to 73. So let's forget it. I mean, Buffalo's fourth at 73. Think about that. 73 to 84 is the jump from Buffalo to Philly. 
which means if you really think about it, that it's more than a third of the distance from Philly being perfect, meaning if they let every game 100 nothing entering the third, they'd be 100. They dropped 16 percentage points with the reality. You could have dropped another 11 percentage points, and then you got Buffalo. So it's almost half, like Philly's almost closer to perfection than Buffalo is to them. That's pretty, pretty strong. That is pretty strong. And, and there's, I have, this is almost like, like a college football ranking show where I was like, I, Philly's been the best team, their body of work mm-hmm. over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm just very concerned about what the market is doing with Philly. Like, it, that's an opportunity, isn't it? Because if all we're going to do mm-hmm. is follow the market, if the market's always right, how do we ever make a bet? So when you, mm-hmm. what was your biggest bet of the weekend? Uh, Cleveland. All right. So what wh- you thought the market was wrong? Yes. So how how did you rationalize that that's okay in that case? Because Tampa Bay public team. Okay. Cleveland very bad win loss record. Uh-huh. So you figure there's an explainable reason. Yes. Okay. And couldn't we make the case an explainable reason Philly isn't beloved is because one their impressiveness has been by dominating okay teams, not really having or not okay, but you know they haven't had any monster matchups yet. Right. Whereas you could say the Dallas game would have been, but they had a backup quarterback. Mm. I mean, Philly was against Minnesota, but we kind of yeah that Monday night game week. To Kirk Cousins sucks in prime time. People find a reason to dis. Yeah. 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 So so to me, if you say they haven't played Kansas City, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't played Buffalo, Philly. Mm -hmm. They haven't played San Francisco, whatever you want to call them, and they played a Dallas, meaning that they're they're perceived even though they were four and four not that long ago, they're perceived to be Mm -hmm. a, a top team. Got Dallas at home. It got Dallas at home against a backup quarterback. Yes. So I can see why you would say, oh, they haven't really played anyone except beating a professional team like the Jaguars. Like, let's just go up and down the list. You know, that division also, that division keeps power rating higher and higher, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Washington. The one game they lost as a double-digit favorite, yes. Washington is one of the hottest teams of the league right now. Giants yeah, that's looking a lot more teams. excusable. I mean, Washington's got a— Everyone's lost at least one game, so it's not even mm-hmm. about excusable. It just strikes me that, in general, Philly has won in ways that doesn't get the public— it keeps the public somewhat skeptical. Mm. Though the dominance of them against the middle of the road or B teams, that let's say you know not A teams but B teams, I think it's been more impressive than any team I've seen in a while. Well, let, let me ask you: Was there something with the matchups with Green Bay? Because you you supported Green Bay, and I got a good number plus seven last week. Was there something in that specific game that caused you to go anti Eagles? We're talking about on the Super Contest. Yes. Okay. Was that line seven? I thought it was six and a half. I think I, I think that was six and a half. It, I, I that, can't. Rec- I that can't was recall. that was the one pick think, of the mm-hmm. week. Because mm-hmm. remember, and that when I was ill and I wasn't able to be here for the Wednesday shows, I gave my picks remotely, and I did mm-hmm. like Philly there. I think that was my two star. But then I've got a group of a handful of pros that I get their opinions on Saturday night mm-hmm. between after we talk about the circa, but before. The Super Contest, mm-hmm. I get some, and it was by far the dominant play was Green Bay. And you we know, saw the Green Bay money come yeah. down to six at post. So you, so certainly that 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 in theory, hit, it, it closing hit, line value, right? Yeah, I mean, it hit the marketplace. Yeah. But, so, but that was more or less like to me. I'll buck that if it was a three pick contest. But my fifth pick isn't going to be better mm-hmm. than something that in this year. I'd say net net, our our Super Contest has done well from that information. Mm-hmm. Though that one was purely a follow, you know, almost mm-hmm. a veto type situation with you. But 
more a group of people that I add up their opinions. And when you say veto for the the new <laughs> listeners, basically what RJ is saying is, that, you know, I've got a list of sources and some of the. No, I'm saying there's an Italian guy named Vito. <laughs> well, and Vito <laughs> does gives you opinions, and he doesn't tell me why. It's a black box. He's uh, just like Fez. Yeah. This is this is the right side. You yeah. know, it's kind of like the gambler when they told him to go bet the Lakers. You know, and he didn't tell him any anything other than that. Yes. I, I would say this. <laughs> and that's the gambler with James Kahn from the early 70s, not the Mark Wahlberg gambler that most not of you probably good, would be yeah. more familiar. Well, it was a good movie, though. It was good. Um, I would say the Philly domination on offense was one, against Green Bay was one of the more encouraging wins of the year for Philly, or if not maybe the most. Here's why. You're right. For two games in a row, Washington and then against Indianapolis, it looked like maybe the league had figured something out. Yes. And... Others, very sharp people, said Dallas Goddard, his absence was mm. very key. So I'm like, okay. It's going to be out again this week, right? I, yeah. I'm not sure on that. I, the way people are talking is like he had his leg amputated. Yeah, I don't know when he's coming back. <laughs> Can you look that up, McKenzie? I don't know yeah. if he's coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe for like the, uh, you know, like remember in, you didn't watch Friday Night Lights. Mm. When uh, he got hurt, he was in like a wheelchair league, but it was like they were vicious <laughs> in this thing, playing like, uh, I think it was a rugby type thing. Oh, it was vicious. But anyway, um, he is expected to return during the regular season. At some point, they're saying. Yeah. When did that come out? That uh, that's from earlier this week and uh, or last week actually. And it says he's eligible to return week fifteen. Okay, so the soonest would be week fifteen. It sounds mm -hmm. like because of his status and uh, probably no rush with them styling towards the number one seed. Yeah, yeah, but but without him, their tight end, and with with the league seemingly catching on a little bit. I thought that uh, performance against Green Bay, which by far you could say their, their defense hasn't played great this year, but certainly talent-wise is an above-average defense. Yes, and I believe Hurts' first half, I just heard the stat, 125 yards passing mm -hmm. and running. Mm -hmm. um, like that hasn't been done in the NFL in a, in a half before. So it's just incredible. I mean, I, this is what I don't understand. It, it, and it's starting to be a pet peeve of mine. And I'm not saying this is your fault or you, let's be honest, you're in the middle of it. Is there's there's this uh, there's this mind? I don't even think, think it's a mindset. It's not a narrative. It's a belief. It's a belief that is the arms are wrapped around it, and nothing can buck it. There's no, even if a team wins a Super Bowl, it's going to be oh they got lucky, hmm. right? And to me, if you know Warren Buffett has a great saying, he says in the short term the stock market is a voting booth. It's people's opinions that matter. Oh, look, Enron looks good. Okay, Enron goes up. In the long run, the stock market is a way station, as in you're producing something, in this case profits, and there's no subjectivity to it. You weigh it. It's either X amount of ounces or X amount of pounds, and it's worth X amount of money. The Super Bowl has to be the weighing station. The playoffs have to be the weighing station of the NFL, where there's an objective truth that emerges. But people have gone so far with their freaking opinions that they don't even want that to be the objective truth. Philly is 10 and 1. What they play less close games. And it's one thing to say Giants win in close games. Mm -hmm. Minnesota's winning close games. So let's look at You Minnesota. can make the case that the scoreboard is an aberration for those teams, but Philly has outstanding stats. Yes. 59% Minnesota has controlled the fourth quarter. 
That has them, what number are they, 10th? They're 10th. Yeah. That's probably about right. I mean, let's just look at these numbers and tell me how these numbers are wrong. Philly, one. All right, you don't agree. Baltimore, two. I think we would all agree that if there's any team that should get the opposite of what the Giants get. Giants are like, they're no good because they they win late. Well, wouldn't the theory be you're good if you lose late? Yeah, and I have Baltimore, sixth. All right. So, but why not higher is the question. Because they're, I mean, really, what should the record be? We say it should be 81% of 11 games. They should at least mm-hmm. have eight wins. We're saying they should have won almost two more games. Mm-hmm. So, if their record was nine and two, would they be six? Their, their underlying stats are inferior to the other premium teams. All right, and what are those underlying stats? So, so what numbers do we use? So or do you I, I, use? I use yards per play. Call me an old school fossil. All right, all right. I've, I've won lots of money with yards per play, well, and I mean that, that is great. If we were going back, and I, listen, I'm not questioning yards per play, but I don't think saying I've won a lot of money. Once you start saying that, you've probably but, lost. I, because what happens is that's what people used to say about the way they played hold'em, or or and you used to laugh at that. You heard those guys that were, when you were coming up that were saying about this is the way I've done it since the uh, '80s. Right? Yeah, we make fun of them, the uh-huh. rocks and, and so the like. Be careful. All right, but but in terms of the number you're looking for, you want to outgain your opponent by about one yard per play. So as right? he's doing this, Mackenzie, pop up the uh, 496 uh, garbage time exclusion on EPA. I want to see how they rank there. Go. So the the big five: Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas, Buffalo, Philly. So the big five you've determined. My big five. Okay. All outgain their opponents yards per play for and against by approximately one yard. Plus or minus 0.3. All right. So the, the okay. best so the best one's so like 0.7 to 1.3. Yeah. So San Francisco's 1.3, Philly's 1.1, Buffalo's 1.2, uh, Dallas is only uh 0.7. So Dallas is the worst of the bunch. So you you reverse engineered to fit in the Dallas you wanted. No, but I I walk- if it was if Dallas was a 0.8, you would have said 0.8 to 1.3. Oh, oh yeah, yes, yes. Because I've got doubt, yes. So, so maybe Dallas should be lower. Based upon this, but, but then but we also could make the case Dallas had a backup quarterback for like half the. Well, games. that's a good point. That's a good point. And then, um, and then, yeah, of course, that's the real reason I should have identified yeah. that. And then we fall off a cliff. Baltimore's only plus zero point two. It's just too far. It doesn't belong with those other teams. Okay, so Buffalo isn't one of the best teams in the league. Buffalo. Buffalo is. Oh, I thought you just said Buffalo zero. Buffalo's one point two. Baltimore's zero point two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's look at EPA and see how it compares. Mm -hmm. So now net yards per play does not account for strength of schedule. That's right. And EPA doesn't account for strength of schedule. Mm. So uh, Kansas City is one, and and this is the offensive EPA or the yes. All right. So let's look at offense. Kansas City's one, Philly's two, Buffalo's three, Miami's four, Cincy, which is one of those teams that, or the team, I think, that some of the Sharps are putting in that top tier. Others aren't. Baltimore. Yeah, and Cincy's yards per play differential is no is similar to Baltimore. It's not very good, but they're a team, I think, that's much better than they were that first month. Was it because of the appendicitis for Burrow? Was it the new O-line that yeah, needed I think to gel? Yeah. That, clearly, they're, they're, they're hitting their peak. All right, so which of your teams are not in the top eight? Because what I see here is we got Dallas, San Fran, Baltimore, Cincy, Miami, going in reverse order here, Buffalo, Philly, Kansas City. Is there any of your teams that, uh, that are your big boys that aren't on the top eight there? Looks like they all are. All right, so now let's uh, write down Kansas City one. All right, I'm just going to kind of add up Philly two. Okay, so do this, McKenzie. Pop up the D, then I want you to just get a composite of uh, offense, defense divided by two, I guess. So on defense, we've got New England, 
and Denver. All right, so neither of those are elite teams. But, oh, look at this. This is surprising. Philadelphia. So the first team amongst your big boys. Mm. Is Philly even in your big boys? They are. You sure? What's your yards per play? uh, 1.1. Okay. So they are number two on offense and number three on defense. That sounds like the best team to me. San Fran is number four. All right, so they had a good combine. Mm-hmm. Since he's five, that's surprisingly good. Dallas is six. Indianapolis, okay. Uh, Carolina, okay. The Jets, okay. Now, who else? Who haven't we named from your list? Buffalo hasn't been named. Kansas yet. City. Kansas City or Buffalo. So let's yeah. keep scrolling, Mackenzie. All right, so Buffalo is down there at number 13. Uh, no, that's Baltimore. Baltimore's 13, by the mm-hmm. way. And Buffalo is 15, 15. Wow. I think there's a reason. Like, and Kansas City's 14. Right. So so historically, we talked about how some, such as football outsiders, I think came up with the four offense, three defense waiting. Mm-hmm. And you think that that was good like five years ago. No, I, I think it wasn't good last year. I think it's probably back to good. I oh. Mean, I would make the case that defense is more meaningful today than it was last year by a big margin. Interesting. What because you the say? Sc- well, the scoring certainly down. That yeah. We're looking at 43.5 points per game instead of 46.5, although that's going to go up this week was a high-scoring week. The um, But I will say these the correlation between the top offenses and the top teams sure looks pretty strong well, we remember versus now, the defenses. I agree with that, but, but I would make the following case. Is the year Tampa Bay won it? So not last year, but the year before. Hmm. Entering the final four, so the conference finals, there was a sense of, and remember, it was Buffalo, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay. Those were the four, if you remember. And Tampa Bay had the best defense by far. And they had the fourth best offense, but it wasn't that far behind. It was like they were maybe fifth in the league. Mm. The other three were one, two, three. There was like one team that was four, then Tampa. But Tampa was like number three on defense, and none of the other teams were even in the top half. They were just like 13 or 14 at best. Yes. And Tampa was by far the biggest underdog of those four teams. Yes. Now, part of it was they were playing in Green Bay. But it's like the path. It was almost like defense didn't matter any. It was like it was almost being disregarded. Mm. Now, you look at it. Although it, the Rams had a very good defense. Not they weren't in the Final Four that year. Oh yeah, you're right. You're, it was yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we're looking here at the offense, defense, and getting a blend. And what we're seeing here, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so go all the way. You know, add Miami into the mix, I guess, because I mean, a lot of people was talking about Miami. So I, I guess let me ask you this question as we're getting the final numbers here. Do you consider defense to be more important today than it was last year? Yes. Okay. I, well, because you made a convincing case. So I never really had thought you, about it. Yeah, but, but, but before you asked me that, I was like, that'd be other, and before you said it, now it's, it's, oh, it's obvious. But I would say seven years ago, no. But, but, but it, I think it peaked. The offensive um, importance peaked last year and has come back significantly this year. I would make the following case. I love the balance right now, meaning – if you're a good D and you're going against a great offense, so let's say it's one versus one, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. Like Tennessee played, and they're not the top defense, but Tennessee played Kansas City. It was a, it was a tight, low-scoring mm-hmm. game, right? And it could have been a high-scoring, but I like if it's so one if one unit is so dominant, you know they're going to get their points, or you know they're going to shut the other team down. It's boring to me. This is, this is a really strong point because I feel the very best sports are ones where the offense has about a 50-50 chance to score. There's parity between 50-50 the two. 50-50 on any possession? On any one possession. Okay. So, so, so that's why 
basketball and football are so great because it's real close to 50-50. Arena football is no good because you could have the best defense in the world in arena football. You can't stop anybody. It's just score after – if the offense plays great, you score every possession. The CFL had a problem for a while where where it was the offense had too big of an edge versus the defense. The 50-50, the 50% scoring and per possession is perfect in terms of viewership and weightings of offense and defense. So an extreme case here, New England's first on defense still – but they're 25th on offense. So it's like, mm. okay. And here's what's fascinating. If you look at the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams, the worst offense in the top eight teams is ranked ninth. The worst <laughs> offense. And the top eight teams is were is ranked ninth. So you're, you're making a case to spend all your money on offense and well, just patch it together even, with a bunch of... But even now. Now, here's what's fascinating. Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So eight out. So which team is eighth on offense? That's the one that hasn't made... Yes. So the top seven... Oh, let me predict. Let me predict. Uh-huh. Who is it? The Raiders. I'll predict Raiders. McKenzie? They're actually tied. They're ninth. They're tied. The Cowboys and the Raiders are both ninth. Okay, so Dallas is in there at ninth. So we don't have an eighth? The, the Raiders and—actually, they're tied at eighth, I mean. The Raiders and Cowboys are both eighth. All right, yeah. so the Raiders are the only good offense that's not in the top nine teams in the league. Yes. Okay, but here's what's fascinating. We got one, two, three, four of those teams in the top six on defense. So Dallas is number six on D. San Fran's number four. Cincy's number five. Philly's number three. So we got both of those teams. So let's just look at those teams. Dallas is, and we'll do offense first, nine and six. San Fran, seven and four. Cincy, five and five. And then Philly, who Fez doesn't really think is good, is two and three. All right, now. Now, the irony in all this is that Philly was was one of my picks last week. I had them as a, yes, as a three-star. Okay. All right? So the team that you're, you're saying, I'm well, just I'm saying. just across, because you, don't, you were fading Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't love of Green Bay. That's true. <laughs> All right. Now, look at these other teams. And reflect in my ratings, where I've got them no higher than the other three teams below Kansas City. Yeah. So Kansas City is one on offense, and they're 14th on D. So the question is, against a team like Cincy, Right, because if you add it up and just look at the averages, right, offense plus defense divided by two, since he's better, since he's a little better, yeah. So if you look at even that, if you're weighted four seven three seven, since he's better, yeah. But and if you look at Philly, where they're better, pretty much two and three, yeah. But but it is fascinating to say, all right, let's take the average. Philly's two and a half, since he's five. San Fran is five and a half. Dallas is seven and a quarter. You like these when the rankings are almost the same. It's really easy to do the average. Kansas, well, no, we got them up on the, the <laughs> okay. other Kansas City, seven and a half. Buffalo, nine. And remember, how much do we wait? I think it's a mistake to not wait the more recent games. It, well, And that's why Philly was so dominant early. Yeah. So dominant. Except, uh, I mean, fair, I could see, I could see if you're going to say you're going to wait recency more. The Phillies a little less good now than they were if you wait the whole season the same. But I would make the case you're always waiting the most recent game the most. Yeah. So they've been they were dominant in that game. Maybe you should exactly you know maybe you should wait wait it by week number. So give give the games this week a thirteen wait, oh, and that's not enough. I, but a minimum, but a minimum, you got to wait every game at least six. Then, all right, you got to you can't oh, okay, something like that. Well, I, there's a way to. I'm actually looking at that. Right? PFF has done like how many games should you go back? Because at some point you could say it's white noise. Um, like, should we look three years back? You know, I don't. I don't think so. Right. I think we just take a composite end of the year rating and we give that maybe 
at this point one third. A composite end of the year rate. What are we, we talking can, about now? Well, well, we take a, a team's power rating start the year, and we say that should be like twenty five percent of the rating, and then seventy five percent will be their performance this year. And that composite stays the entire year. The so you times that in Denver. Well, yeah. Well, or the you know. I'm trying to think of a team that, like, you should be betting against Seattle. Well, let's, let's, let's not go obsessive with the Raiders. That, that yeah. They won two games in right. overtime. Yes. It's pretty easy that they could have lost both Denver is a great example. So Denver's a massive underachiever versus pre-flop expectation. What's, what's curious, there haven't been that many teams that are, like, Way, way, way different from what the the, the summer expectation now, was. But Denver, you guys may notice he's veering away from the Philly talk. But continue, Fez. <laughs> so Philly, I've got four and a half points better than the starting point. But I got to tell you, I, I messed up Philly. I, I had them lower than everyone else. Seidenberg loved Philly. He was like, they're going to win. They're 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 going to go mean, the Super entering Bowl. the year. Yeah, he uh, nailed it. But right took now, my money just to see how wrong twice or three just, times just to see how wrong you are in Philly. Mm-hmm. What would the line be with how many? Who do you have ranked above Philly? Kansas City, Buffalo. I have Kansas City, San Fran, and Dallas. And Buffalo. And Buffalo tied now. Okay. So you're They're saying, both the same number. Boy, so Buffalo's getting a lot of I mean, it's so weird because you lose if you do poorly one game, you know, fall short expectation, people dismiss it. I hear all the time again, I don't take anything from this game. It's like, really? Why did we play it then? Because it's contradicting your freaking opinion is why you don't want to take anything from it. But okay, fine. Now <laughs> But if they lose, if they do poorly two out of three games, it's almost like, oh my God, they're horrible. It's like, to what degree do we think Buffalo had, like when New Orleans, New Orleans had the um, hurricane? Hmm. I think it was like a year and a half later. You were made, <laughs> it was like it was like uh, Sam Darnold and, and and Mono. It was like, but but well, that was actually accurate. That Mono stuck around forever. Maybe he's over did it now. It? Or yeah, well, he didn't play well. Come on, but but now Trevor Lawrence gets a little credit. Let's give him a little credit. Hmm. All right. So here's my question: Is doesn't Buffalo have been snowed into the point of they're worried about people surviving the ride to the stadium? Mm-hmm. Then they go to Detroit, and for some asinine reason, they fly back home. Then they fly there again and play a game on a short week. Mm-hmm. Terrible spot. Wasn't that the definition of, like, if they would have lost, you could have said, you know something, that was a schedule. Throw loss. that game out. That was a Exactly. So why, why are they – you had Buffalo as the best team in the history of football not that long ago. Yeah, now I've got them right there with with <laughs> Dallas, you below Dallas. You didn't quite have them as the best, but you had them as I, the, probably the top the, team since the New England undefeated team. Well, f- considering for Week Nine, the, where I had them yeah, rated, I was coming on. I, in fact, I I I, I I I I've done this. Tw- I've done this twice. And I've mocked you before. You've done it both times. I took the fucking Rams <laughs> when they were four and zero the year they did Against go. This, me. They did go to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. All right, that year. But um, and they still had almost a zero percent chance to win. Yeah, uh, and I took I I literally called the market. I, I invested in Buffalo at the market zenith. Yes, right before they started having trouble. Well, now the, the zenith. There you go. The pinnacle. Did you bet it at pinnacle? Uh, no, because pinnacle rarely has the best number. <laughs> All right. So, what would Kansas City now? Now your your new team that you say clearly the best, clearly the best team, Chiefs. Is- the Chiefs. Now, how much would they be favored over Philly? And how do I bet this? They would be a one and a half point favorite. That's it. That's it. So how are you saying On they're clearly the best team? Because they're clear by a point of everybody else. That's that's clear. All right. So you're saying all these teams are within a point and a half. Yeah. All right. I I, can... By the way, I have a best bet for you. I haven't checked the line. So uh, I, okay. I, I'm gonna, I, I bet this last week. I'm sure it hasn't changed much. NFC, 
uh-huh. plus three and a half against AFC. Okay, see, this is interesting because I heard someone else talking about this. They said the money line was almost even. The money line, the AFC, and it, 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 there's a difference in opinion. The AFC was minus one thirty. Uh huh. I bet that also because it was just so so different. The, the AFC was, was minus one thirty, and the NFC was what plus one ten. I got plus one. I got plus four last. Yeah, but last they were week. plus one ten on the money line. Yes. On so that. these are two different books. Right? Yeah, there's so, a difference yeah. in opinion. Yeah, out well, there. that's almost almost an arbitrage in a way. Right? But I like the <laughs> NFC bet better, frankly, Mike, because my numbers have all these teams within a point. You know, a point and a half. So yeah, see, this is where I disagree. Oh, I experience. Think, I think Mahomes. Philly is the only full team in the NFC. I think the San Fran, you could think if their defense plays a may. I mean, remember, San Fran got run out of the gym. I'm going to try to find and see if it's up anywhere. San Fran got run out of the gym against Kansas City. Kansas City went in there on the road and made it look like it was Mm -hmm. like you should be playing in the, you should be relegated. (laughs) Like literally, you should be playing in a lower level league. Mm. 44 to 23. Not there. And. So I'm confused how San Fran looks so good. I mean, their defense looks good. Though let's be honest, the defense is more erratic than offense in this league today. Like you can have, I mean, you can have a good D. Some, I mean, let's be candid. We thought San Fran had the best defense in football coming in this game. They put up, uh, they yield 44. And now we think they have the best because what, the Saints didn't do well? Well, last three games. Uh-huh. Oh, so that's convenient. Go ahead. Snapshot. San Fran's defense, zero points, second half. Second half. Second half, okay. That's right. pretty good. No, I have no doubt. But they six they, quarters. They put up enough. I mean, they the Chiefs put up 30 in the second half again. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it. That was a mismatch. And that could be driving this that some people are like, wait a minute, you know, it's but like But I'm saying, how do you answer it? How well, do now, you say the, that this San Fran team, that defense is so fragile? But yeah. all defenses are fragile in a way. Because well, I think it's it's a matchup issue, and that's you want to talk about fragility. What's the matchup, though. Well, that's Good the quarterback. Well, that's that's the problem. My my, I, I'm not an excellence and O specialist. Yeah. So when I have a situation, so maybe you shouldn't try to be and don't dismiss results. Just look right. at the score as the score. Yeah. Well, and the, the, for whatever reason, I mean, that's very disturbing. The fact that I got a defense that's shutting everybody out and got torched against a certain team. Well, but I mean, I would make the case of San Fran defense. Um, last four games, they've allowed zero points in the second half, which again, I mm. like adjustments, meaning a team that can do like Cincinnati does well in that regard. Yes. All right. So to wrap this all up, Philly is underrated. Uh, I'd like to see one more performance, like, I mean, again, because I was getting a little concerned. I was. Mm. Um, and they were kicking ass in the first half, and then that that, that yeah, switch that, that, got turned off for like two games. I was more than fine with that. Mm. What, what, meaning this, I, I don't mean I was fine with them not doing well in the first half. I was fine with them not pressing in the second half. How much are you supposed to win by? Mm. They were in total control of those games. Yeah. I mean, even the Detroit game, it looks like it was three. They couldn't win the game. Detroit couldn't win. Like they scored as much as they could, and they still were down three. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if, you, if we're golfing, you know, you're not a golfer. I mean, some, I guess. But there's what's that called? Match play. When you go heads up with someone, and then you it's like one, a plus three with two remaining. However they say. Like, you can't win enough holes at this point. Yes. At some point, Philly was up enough. It was like, you can't score enough to beat us. And I'll just shoot par. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, with five holes left, I'll just shoot par. Have they lost you're any not, of those games? The, the, no. You could argue the indie game they should have lost. The Philly, the Philly Indy game. Oh, but oh, I agree. But they weren't up big and let the other team. No, cut. no, no, no. I, no, you're right. That is, hey, before Washington, 
they didn't have a game that was really competitive. No. no. Jacksonville was kind of competitive, but that was it. I mean, you could say Dallas was— They got their nose bloodied early, and then— they, Little, yeah, yeah. But Dallas was—if you would have squinted, you could have found a way to Dallas for win, the win, maybe. But, like, it literally was—we were halfway through the year. You couldn't imagine how they could have lost. That's why they got 84%. But know, somehow that doesn't affect you. Well, I'm looking—if if you're asking who has been the best team, it's Philly. I'm, my, my number is supposed to be who's going to be the best team week 13. I agree, but you got to have a rationale of why the what's happened. The best— predictor of the future is the past. It's not always going to be the best in any given situation. But overall, if you tell me you come in a year and you can only have one stat coming in the year and you got to come in halfway and say, I'm going to bet this team every game after this straight up. So it's really saying you get one stat. That's interesting. What would you want? Would you want points for points against? No. What would you want? Well, a net yards differential. Is, that's is what you what, you think. That's more predictive. Then you only gave me one stat. You could have points. I don't want points. The Vikings. You know, oh, the points. Points. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't want points because points are all like like all these luck factors factor into points. But they don't into yards. The yards are less luck factored. All right, so Mackenzie, do me a favor. Go to that um uh that the correlation engine we have. Yeah. All right, and I want you to put prior. Yards, all right, to current margin, right? And put prior points to current margin. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Put prior margin to current margin because that's what we're talking about. Prior yards to current margin compared to prior uh, margin to current margin. Gotcha. So we're going to say based on, uh, and just go from 2012. From 2012 on, what is more correlated to upcoming games is how, what your margin was entering the game. On the season, or what your yardage margin, or your you know, so make on the yardage that's going to be uh, net mm. yards, not yards. Gotcha. So we're going to take the net yards. I like that, and I margin. think it'll be yard. I will bet you. It's almost like I wasn't. I had a bet I constructed on straight out of Vegas that you couldn't win. I would. I didn't feel guilty. I would feel guilty betting you this right now. Well, what's what's <laughs> what what's the bet? The bet would from, be which from is more week predictive. nine on, which is more predictive because yeah. obviously over the course of the season, the the more points scored, but remember it's going to be more predictive up, because it's self fulfilling prophecy. No, we're talking about up to that point, so and then going say, forward, yeah, for that game. So let's yeah. say before each game, you could have two, right. one stat or the other, what the net yards are for this team this year, or the net points, and then you have that information to predict the next game. I would predict the 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 points are less. Telling than the, than the the other the stats and the yardage. Yes. All right. So let's how's this? Let's do a hundred. Hundred. That good. way it won't be it won't be I won't feel guilty taking too much. Sounds away. sounds good. All right. So we'll tell you this by the end of the pod. So we went way off here on a tangent. Where are we talking? Kansas City, Cincinnati. Yes. 